Wayne is in the building. <laughs> Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, or whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to the inaugural Chose Show podcast here on AswathReport.com. I am your host, J.G. Smooth. Uh, The purpose of this podcast is to shed light on college sports at a lower local level, uh, mainly the University of Central Oklahoma, where I currently attend. Um... This will be, well, hopefully a weekly podcast, um, mainly about UCO football and basketball. Uh, we'll, we'll sprinkle in some other sports on here. Um, I, as you know, I am also have, also have the uh, fourth and long podcast, which mainly focuses on the Dallas Cowboys and the 12 uh, sports. Um, I, I didn't want to add UCO to that because I felt like it would make it pretty much just extremely long. So I started to do a separate podcast uh, focusing on UCO sports and other Division two sports. And uh, so with that being said, uh, let's just let's just get 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 get, get right to it. Um, so uh, if you guys don't, if y'all don't know, uh, there's some really good. Uh, there's some really good athletes down in uh, Division Two. Um, you know, uh, at least from UCO standpoint, uh, last year, you know, we had we had a guy who I'll talk about later that actually led the whole every level of football in receiving yards. Um, yeah, and, and you might not have heard of him because he got next to no press from you know pretty much every outlet outside of the Vista, which is the campus paper at UCO. So, um, and then we, you know, and then we had another guy who we'll also mentioned later that is currently with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, who again didn't really get much love. I mean, uh, if you haven't you haven't been to a game at Watton Stadium uh, in in Edmond, I mean, you're missing out. It's it's really some good football. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not what you what you might think. Uh, what it is, I know, I know. Whenever I first started uh, in first started going to to UCO. I, I had the, you know, I had the, the uh, preconceived notion that Division Two, especially, you know, uh, especially football, was probably, you know, mainly just a bunch of either like undersized, athletic, fast guys, or you know, a bunch of unathletic, big guys, and you know, like your kickers can only hit probably about a 35, 40 yard field goal, or your your quarterbacks could, you know, didn't have the best arm, maybe. 40 yards in max or you know all kinds of just preconceived notions that, that you would think of lower level sports but uh, after covering my first game uh, yeah, I, I was I was blown away I mean the town level is great I mean uh, you know when you, when, you, when you get into uh, Division 2 you realize that there's actually quite a bit of Division 1 cast offs uh, you know and, and, the, and the, the, the great part about my job uh, being a sports editor is I get to talk to a lot of these players uh, and so I get to learn a lot of these stories especially from from the D1 transfers or you know the guys who you're wondering like why you're not D1 and it's pretty interesting to hear their stories I mean some of these guys have have really good stories uh, some I'll talk about uh, that I know of and um I mean, I mean it, it's it's really good football. Uh, you know, especially that down there in Edmond, we have they upgraded the facilities down there now. We we built a brand new sports performance center, uh, which has a new weight room, coach's office, film room, media room, uh, study hall room. I mean, it, it, it the, the whole the whole nine. I mean, it's nice. We have one of the big biggest video boards in Division Two. You know, where we sheet. 10,000 I believe so you know I mean it's 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 not it's not bad like I, I know you know 
you, you, most people aren't going to necessarily come to a UCL game over, say, a OU or OSU game. But I, I'm telling you, like, if you, like, if we we have names of people that you know. I mean, most of most of the recruits we get are, are Oklahoma kids. So chances are, you know, if, if there's somebody good in the in the state that didn't go OU, OSU, or Tulsa, chances are there's a good chance that they might be in Edmond right now. So. Uh, with that, with that said, um, you know, I want to, want to, uh, get in, get in, get in, get into this. Uh, so I'm going to bring up, uh, UCL football. So last year, uh, for those of you who don't know, we had, uh, we had one heck of a season. Um, we, we started one and three, uh, and, um, you know, we had we had three straight like tough losses, like tough losses that came down to the uh, to the wire. You know, one came down to you know a bone assignment that cost us a game. Another one came down to a hell mary that fell short. I mean, it, it, it it's it's stuff that you know mo- most teams might let you know break them, but uh, you know we we had. We had great, great leadership last year, and they were able to rally. Um, the, the turning point was actually the first game that I ever covered, which was against uh, Emporia State out of Kansas. And um, that game, that game was crazy because uh, we led at the at the half by by eight, 29, 21, and then came out in the in the third quarter and just got hammered. I mean, we hammered. We were outscored seventeen to nothing. And then uh, you know, uh, I'm thinking, man, this is about to be the fourth straight loss. You know, this is this is not looking good. But then somehow we score twenty four points in the fourth. Uh, we get a big two point conversion and then we ended up winning winning that game and ended up winning seven of our last eight games to uh finish um you know to, to finish with the eight and four record so I, I i mean it was it was a very interesting season um you know we we, we, we had you know our, our offense was you know Dominant uh, to, to say the least. I mean, people talk about the offenses, you know, from OU and OSU, but I mean, we we, we had a pretty good offense of our own here. Uh, you know, our stats uh, last season, we averaged thirty-seven point seven points per game, uh, one hundred eighty-two point two rushing yards, uh, two hundred eighty-six point two passing yards, and four hundred sixty-eight point three total yards. Uh, I mean, if you if you haven't seen us play, I would probably compare our offense to what you would see in Stillwater, um, where like at least last season, because we had the receivers and we had a good quarterback. Who I'm about to mention, uh, we, we we it seemed like we passed the ball a whole lot more than we actually ran the ball. When in actuality, we ran the ball a fair amount of time and. Uh, once I tell you a story about about our backfield last year, you're, you're going to be like, man, um, you know, we we set numerous uh, school records um, last year. Uh, we had the fourth most passing yards in the game, was 442 against Emporia State. Again, that was a crazy game. I, I, I <laughs> it was an absolute crazy game. Uh, we had the third highest total offensive game, with 649 yards against Missouri Southern. And uh, Missouri Southern is like the Kansas of our conference. So, you know, it's one of those you kind of just expect to win that game. And, it's just, um, and then we had some some school records that were shattered, too. Um, um, yeah, so uh, Chad Stallard, who was our quarterback, uh, Chad Stallard um, will go down, is going down as one of the best, not only the best, best quarterback in school history, but one of the best players in school history. Um, he has single season and career passing records with 3,374 and 7,411. I know it doesn't sound impressive, but I mean, still, uh, the guy is still your all time leading passer. Uh, he also has the single game season and career touchdown records with uh, 6, 29, and 54. Uh, then, uh, receiving wise, 
we have uh, JT Looper, and uh, JT Looper is is a, is the man that I mentioned that led all levels of football in receiving yards last season with one thousand five hundred and ninety three. That is a score record, as you can imagine. Um, uh, a little bit about Looper. Uh, I, I would compare it, now comparing him himself. He's a he's your typical slot receiver, uh, you know, about five eight, five nine, if that, maybe a buck fifty. But man, was he tough! I mean, you know, if I was to compare him, um, I'm gonna try my best to compare him to OU and OSU players <clears throat> and Tulsa players too, if if I can. Um, I would compare his play style probably to one of my favorite receivers, uh, Ryan Broyles. Um, he just got open and caught the ball. I mean, I don't care if you threw a fade to him in the back of the end zone to the people around him. I don't care if you threw him a swing pass, uh, a quick out, a one-man screen, a post, a slam, a fade, whatever you want to do. He, he, would, he would catch him, man. I mean, like, there were times in games where at 5'8", and I'm being generous here, at 5'8", uh, we threw face to him in the back of the end zone, and he came down with a, a catch. I, I did. Looper was, was, you know, he, he, he was he was a great player, and he was even a great person. I had the honor of having a class with him my first uh, semester at, at, at UCL. Um, really, really down-to-earth kid. Um... He ended up he ended up having a shot with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he went undrafted, uh, participated in their rookie mini camp. Uh, didn't didn't make it there. Uh, then went to Edmonton uh, of the Canadian of uh, the Canadian Football League. Uh, played in one preseason game there, and and then unfortunately was cut. So you know he he went on his on his. Uh, opportunity, but uh, he did haul in 110 catches and 12 touchdowns, and then um, finally uh, there's Josh Crockett um, who, who is, um, who I mentioned earlier, is the guy with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's the sixth all-time leading receiver in show history with 2,003 yards, and this is a man here who I've had the pleasure of talking to numerous times. Uh, this is a guy in, in uh, this is a guy that should have been a D1 player. Uh, no doubt about it. I'm talking about a guy that's, you know, 6'4", 205 pounds, runs a 4'4", 41 inch vertical. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys where you see him and you're like, why, why are you at Division Two? So, you know, I would say probably the third time of me talking to him. I finally just asked him, I was like, hey man, so tell me, why, why are you at UCO? Or how did you come to UCO? And surprisingly, you know, he, he was honest with me. He told me why. And uh, and the reason that I'm going, I'm about to tell you why actually isn't that uncommon as to why, you know, borderline D1 players or, you know, like your lower level D1 players that likes like a Tulsa or like a UMass or UTEP, or how they end up at a, at, at, at a Division II program. Um, so Josh Crockett uh, played at Bristol High School in Bristol. Uh, you know, he was, like I said, he's an athletic freak. Uh, so naturally, he drew interest from Arkansas, Tulsa, and other schools. But uh, his problem was he only took standardized tests once. He was not aware you could take it more than once. So um, low test scores hurt him. And so, you know, usually if you're not going to qualify, out of school, start, start losing interest. And that's what happened to him. So basically, at the end of the day, uh, he chose UCO because head coach Nick Bobek stuck with him. And so he felt like he kind of, in a way, kind of owed Bobek for, you know, through all that, you know, still stay with him. And so... You know, he ended up at Edmond and then redshirted his freshman season and then embarked on a on a nice career. Uh, but I mean, yeah, he's a guy. I mean, he he. I mean, he he wasn't. He was he was overshadowed by Looper, uh, but he saw it in in his in his own right. I mean, he's the one that had the game winning two point conversion against Emporia State on a double uh, receiver reverse. And I have to say, if it wasn't for his frame and diving in that end zone, I don't know if he would have got that win. But uh, 
that being said, <clears throat> in order to build off of that, you know, off of, off of last year's 84 season, uh, we have a lot of questions to be answered on offense. Uh, you know, I, I thankfully was able to attend the scrimmage, actually get on the field for the scrimmage. Uh, shout out to uh, Chris Brannick, sports info guy, uh, for allowing me to do that. Um, so I, I, I got a, I got a pretty good grasp, firsthand grasp on what we have um, prior to my other knowledge. And so, um, you know, as mentioned, Chad Stallard, who uh, play style, I would compare to Baker Mayfield on the fact of you never felt like you were out of a game. You know how with Baker, like even if OU was down by two or three scores, you didn't really feel like you were out of the game because you had Baker. It's kind of the way it was with Chaz. Like e- even during that important state game, you still felt like you weren't necessarily out of the game. Like I, I felt like, yeah, we're down, but we can still come back. We have Chaz Stallard in there, and uh, you know, Chad, Chaz. Chaz do what he had to do. I mean, Chaz, yeah, Chaz made some made some bad passes. Everybody does, but Chaz, well, when the game was on the line, Chaz made it happen. And you know that that can't in his leadership. You know the guys respected him. They put hard for him. They always believed in him. And so not only are you having to you know try to find somebody to take his spot on the you know from an on-field production standpoint also from a leadership standpoint and uh i i thankfully i have a nice relationship with coach bobeck and so i've been able to talk to him a little bit about the quarterback situation and uh you know and, and even uh even the other day when i was able to talk to him again uh i asked him well i said hey i have to ask you this question uh, have you decided on a quarterback? And he gave me this answer. It's, uh, we're going to play all three of them. All three. Okay. Yeah, we're going to play all three of them. We, they're all going to have separate roles. Uh, but we're going to play all three of them. We, we know that. Yeah, so you heard that. Uh, three quarterbacks. Uh, that is the first for me. I have never seen a three quarterback system. I have seen the two quarterback system. But never a three. Um, so I'm curious uh, to see how that how that works. Uh, but uh, I do kind of have an idea about how it might work. Uh, one of those guys we used last year in a Blake Bell type of situation, and I imagine that that will be his role again. Uh, so how you're gonna alternate the alternate the other two to me is the question. But I'll go ahead and introduce you to the three quarterbacks who will be taking snaps at least in the season opener against Pitt State next Thursday at seven o'clock. Unfortunately, that that is a road game. Uh, I'm kind of upset about that. I really wanted to see this to see the you know the three quarterback system at work. Um, and I don't know if it's gonna last for you know the following week when we have our home opener, but. Um, the candidates, so, uh, so you know, the, the quarterbacks we have. Uh, I'm starting off with the uh, with um, with the guy who's been at UCLA the longest. Uh, all three quarterbacks are registered sophomores, but only one's been on campus for all three seasons. That would be uh, Keith Calhoun. Uh, if that name sounds familiar to uh, Oklahoma high school fans, uh, Keats uh, is the all-time leading passer in state history. Over 15,000 yards. Yeah, again, Keith Calhoun, all-time leading passer in state history. Uh, you know, he played at Victory Christian. Uh, had a solid career there. Ended up at, at, at UCO. Um, and I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him play, to be honest, until the scrimmage. And I mean, I I, I have to say, you know, I, I I suspected that the other guy I'm about to mentioned what would be that was going to be the starter pretty much uh, i thought but i mean after watching that scrimmage man oh uh, keats can through i keeps consuming the ball i mean he, he put the ball in some windows i mean that i i was impressed i mean like he put he put the ball in some pretty tight windows and put it on the money i mean it wasn't like it was you know he was he was just throwing it no like he thought man what are you doing but he got the ball in there i mean he has great touch he has he has good accuracy he has power on the ball i mean it, it i was impressed by keats so not surprised that he'll be playing uh the uh, the other uh candidate main candidate that i thought was going to win the job 
with Will Collins. Uh, Will Collins sounds familiar. Uh, Will Collins led Lord MacArthur to their first ever st state title in 2014. Uh, he accounted for 44 touchdowns his senior year, 36 passing, 8 running. Uh, threw for 3,165 yards with a 76% completion percentage. And he owns a lot of MacArthur uh, school records for yards, touchdowns, and wins. Um, he, if you, if you remember, he ended up being a two-star recruit according to rivals. He went to Louisiana at Monroe. Redshirted, uh, um, you know, didn't didn't see much action there, and then transferred here in the spring. And uh, in the spring, when I wrote my spring preview, uh, I asked Bobek, you know, I asked him, so how's Will Collins doing? And uh, he said that even though Will Collins was, you know, kind of kind of behind, that he he was he was he was looking good, you know, and so I was like, okay, well, Will Collins is, is in that race, and apparently he was doing so good, uh, as was Keats, that they decided to move uh, a guy who's actually taking first team reps in uh, registered freshman Johnny Bazell from Carl Albert to um, move him from quarterback to wide receiver. Now, when I found this out, uh, I, I asked. Uh, Coach, why you know why why the why the move for uh, for for Johnny? And he said because for Johnny's long term success here at UCO, he feels like he's suited better at receiver because of the offense in which they want to run. He does not have the arm for it. So okay, I mean, I, I you can I, that makes sense, I guess. But I, I still think it is because Johnny Bazo is too good of an athlete to not get on the field at some point. Uh, I, I did see him at receiver in the scrimmage. Um, you know, he he had he had one pass on too many ends on a slant that he dropped. Um, you know, Johnny Bazo, he he's he's got some size to him. Uh, he's, he's definitely got some. Got some size. I, I don't know. He's probably still, still learning nuances of the position. But um, I d <clears throat> definitely look for him at some point to uh, definitely uh, earn some reps there. Uh, and then the third quarterback we have is Chandler Garrett. And again, uh, Oklahoma High School fans might recall that name. Uh, Chandler Garrett came out of Mustang. Uh, he, he was also a two-star recruit, according to rivals. Uh, he had two offers, um, one from Wyoming and one from Air Force. As you know, he went to Wyoming, uh, registered and then transferred to UCO la uh, last last season. Uh, we mainly used him in that Blake Bell type of role, you know, in the bulldozer type of thing. Except for we, UCO called it, well, we didn't. My man, Peter Agnich, uh, former editor at the Vista, former sports editor at the Vista, the man that brought me on uh, at the at the Vista, uh, who also might be on the show at some point. Uh, my man, Peter, now working for 99.4 The Coyote in Weatherford. Uh, he, he, is a, he is a very busy man, but he has, he has agreed to come on at some point uh, so to help me uh, discuss not only Division II football, not only UCO football, but also Swasu football now, which also has, you know, a lot, a lot of local kids there too. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he played in that, in the Wild Bronco. Uh, he had 264 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, so he's not, I saw him pass. He didn't really impress me passing. His, his arm is not the best, but he definitely will have that role in that, in that, in that short, short uh, yardage. Uh, package. Uh, he actually got a lot more probably than was imagined last year, and that was due to our running back uh, uh, situation. Uh, you all did not know our running backs last year were decimated by uh, injuries and defections. Uh, we started off the year we had two we had two seniors and uh, Clay McKenzie and Jay Gandara and uh, both went out with knee injuries uh, early in the season. And so that then forced uh, Jake Stanley, uh, who, um, if you, that name also sounds familiar, Jake Stanley was the option quarterback at, at Meeker. Uh, him and Quan Hogan, who uh, was a moment North standout, uh, he was a guy... Uh, Quan Hogan is, is a, was was a D one guy. Quan Hogan was a two star 
according to rivals, had had offers from Wyoming, Arkansas State, and Tulsa. I don't know what happened. Um, what I heard was that he, he he waited, you know, to see if he got any bigger offers, and then those offers were, you know, then those spots were taken, then he had to go to Division Two. I don't know how true that is. All I know is Quinn Hoagie ended up at UCO, and. Uh, you know, and then so we started Quan, and then Quan got hurt, and Quan quit, and um, so then that just that just left you know Jake, and uh, Jake Jake's a very versatile back. Uh, he ended up he ended up being the third leading rusher with 348 yards and three touchdowns. All came in a 68 to 30, you know, 63 to 33 win over Missouri Southern. And he was also the fourth leading receiver with 20 catches for 120 yards. Uh, so he, you know, he was he was he was looking looking good. Obviously, the lack of depth. Uh, the three freshmen who coach signed all quit also uh, in the fall before the season started. So at that point, you know, we have we have Jake, and um, so naturally the offense kind of shifted. Uh, you know, it was more pass heavy, more Chandler Garrett heavy. Uh, and then Jake suffered a concussion. And so and then now you're asking, okay, who is back there? Well, we had, if you fans, you remember Dominic Whaley, the uh, walk-on from Langston, you know, against Tulsa, kind of went off and was a cult hero by sorts. We have our own Dominic Whaley at UCO by the name of Bruce White. Uh, Bruce White was uh, was a walk-on, and he he was he was not a preferred walk-on. You know, coaches tell you, hey, walk-on. No, Bruce White was a tryout guy from Tulsa East Central, uh, and. You know, he was pressing the action. He started against the number 23rd ranked team in the country, Central Missouri. Solid, solid, very solid program. And proceeded to run for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, the, you, you you imagine, and, and that, that was a home game too. So, you know, witnessing that, I have to say, ranks up there with, with my favorite sports moments so far, like actually as far as like covering an event live. Um, you know, just to, just to see a guy that really no one knew of beforehand and four quarters later, everybody on campus knows this man's name. Uh, and then he also had 216 yards in the Corsican Bowl win over, over Tarleton State. He ended up being the second leading rusher with 527 yards and four touchdowns. If you were wondering who the leading rusher was, that would be a Chas Dowd with uh, five, 616 yards and five touchdowns. Again, Chas Dowd. I'm going to miss that, man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but... The good news is our backfield now, uh, Coach addressed that well in um, through recruiting. And we also, so not only do we have Bruce White back, not only do we have Dick Stanley back, we also got Clay McKenzie uh, back for a six year. I was able to talk to Clay. Uh, great guy. Uh, and Clay, um, he, Clay is determined to uh, win that job. Uh, I, I know those close to the program um, believe Clay will be starting against Pitt, Pitt State. Uh, Clay, I mean, Clay is a hard is a hard nosed back. Uh, he's got, I mean, he, he's got some speed. I mean, for a guy that's about you know two ten, two fifteen, and at the at the D two level, you know, size. Well, I'm saying size is different than D one naturally. So uh, while you will have you know on the line, you will have some like three hundred pounders. Though most of them you're like two seventy, maybe two eighty range, that kind of stuff. So and again, listeners, you know, if you're about uh, about 205, 210, you know, you're kind of a big back in D2. So not only does he have the size, but he has enough speed too to make him a threat uh, out of the out of the backfield. So, you know, we have those guys. And then we have two transfers. Uh, one is uh, Tyreek French. And Tyreek French is an interesting story. Uh, Tyreek French is a Juco, a Juco sophomore, um, who, who, Coach brought in from East Central Community College in Mississippi. 
uh, he was a receiver, actually. He, he signed as a receiver. Um, he had three catches for 36 yards there, but uh, uh, was immediately moved to running back. Uh, in the spring, and he's he's got he's got size. Uh, you know he's six three, I think one ninety five. So uh, I know Coach said his biggest you know besides trying his biggest hurdle besides trying to learn the position is uh, you know is, is uh, the block you know is, is learning learning the blocking schemes. But uh, that that I saw him in the scrimmage too and. Didn't really run him a whole lot, uh, but we did throw a lot of swing passes to him. So I expect to see him a lot in in like pass situations. There, I mean, you imagine having a six three back on a on a linebacker, you know that 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 mismatch not only just speed wise but now height wise and, and that 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 is a matchup. If they can exploit that, I I, I like I like a lot on that. And then also uh, Justin Curry. Uh, another interesting story. Um, Justin Curry is a Samford transfer. Uh, he played in six games last last year. Four of them had fourteen carries for fifty yards. But he was he was a he's a two star out of high school according to rivals. Uh, his senior year, he ran for nine hundred seventy yards and eighteen touchdowns. Uh, he had offers from Arkansas State, UConn, and Purdue. And again, I don't know how he ended up ended up at Samford. I don't know if it was grades. I don't know if it was a Quad Hogan type of thing, you know, where he may have just waited for bigger offers. I don't know what the deal was on that. But uh, we, you know, he he also has some size. He's two hundred pounds, and um, he also looks looks solid in the uh, scrimmage. So there we, you know, there's 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 at least. Four, uh, there's, there's, there's four true backs, and then we have Seaboard uh, Daniels, and Seaboard Daniels uh, is also from close to East Central. So hey, East Central, appreciate you. Um, who was a redshirt receiver last year, but after Jake got hurt, he was moved to back a running back as an as an emergency back. We never played him, but uh, in the scrimmage, he was still playing both running back and receiver. So uh if you so Seaboard Daniels might might get might get reps at both positions. Uh, I'm not sure which one right now he's he's probably going to be at the most, but they gave him a fair amount of reps at receiver and at running back. And also for the future of our running back backfield, uh coach went out there and signed the state's leading rusher, uh Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, Sand Spring running back Peyton Scott. Now you're probably wondering how did the Gatorade Oklahoma Player of the Year end up at a Division II school? Well, Peyton Scott is 5'5", 170, being generous. So that is probably why. Uh, Peyton Scott, though, don't, don't let the size fool you. Peyton Scott is a baller. Uh, Peyton Scott, I, I saw him play some in high school. And Peyton Scott's the real, the, the, the real deal. I mean, you know, we're we, we talking about the Oklahoma Player of the Year. You know, the sad part about this whole thing is here, he probably won't even see the actual field as a freshman. Uh, most freshmen at the D2 level, uh, at least at a decent program, usually redshirt so you usually have to be extremely good or you know the or we're just low at an area but coach prefers to redshirt his freshman so you know he'll probably get redshirted and then um you know we have tucker Pauly from from bigsby another good running back so who also registered. So uh, I, I really like I like our I like our, our depth there. Uh, I know Coach said that he plans to bring four running backs with him to Pittsburgh, Kansas. Uh, he's not sure how they're going to use them yet. If all four will play, but um, I, I I'm I'm fully confident in the backfield this year. Like I said, after last year, where uh, you know all those injuries just just hit us hard. Uh, I'm, I'm liking, I'm liking what we have there, and then uh, out wide is is kind of another mystery because you know, like I said, when you lose two guys, the caliber of Josh Crockett, and JT Hooper, um, those aren't easy to to place. You know, I mean, they, they, those guys don't come around you know that often. Uh, that being said, though, uh, 
there is talent there. There, there is talent. Coach has recruited well at that position in the past couple of years. Um, the receiving core will be led by Lee Curry. Uh, that name sounds familiar. Lee Curry, uh, a standout from Guthrie. Um, he actually, as the third receiver last season, had 32 catches for 600 yards and six touchdowns. So we're talking about how Baker spread the wealth around. And Chad did the same thing. And uh, so he he also had a very, very good uh, scrimmage. Um, you know, they're, they're counting on him to step up. And I have to say, in that scrimmage, uh, he looked he looked ready. Uh, he looked ready. Um, Elliot Curry, uh, while only 5'11", five, five 185, Elliot Curry, I mean, that man, uh, he... He has some size. Like Lavelle Curry is is built. Lavelle Curry is a guy has some nice fade end zone catches in that scrimmage that really impressed me. Uh, I, I I have no doubt that that Lavelle Curry can step into that leadership role and and uh, uh, thrive for us. Um, they're also counting on Dustin Bosk from Claremore. Uh, Dustin Bosk was limited to five games last season because of injury, but uh, quickly made his, his presence felt, uh, even as the fourth receiver in his first game had two touchdowns. Uh, so Dustin Bosk, uh, they, they held him out, out of the scrimmages, uh, but uh, I expect him to start. And then um, we have... Uh, another D1 transfer uh, in UAB transfer Ronald Turner Jr. And Ronald Turner Jr. uh, This is a guy who uh, had no stars by rivals out of Juco. Yeah, he's one of these rare no-star guys, but had nine offers. So... You know, it kind of makes you wonder how the star system works. But uh, he had offers from UAB, Cincinnati, uh, Colorado, Georgia State, Middle Tennessee State, Mississippi State, Rhode Island, San Jose State, uh, Utah State, and had interest from Boise and Missouri. So, uh, Bill Clark, I mean, man, that man must have had one heck of a sales pitch. But, um, Ron Turner Jr., uh, he, he's 6'4". You know, I, I saw him on the field in the scrimmage, and I saw him yesterday, actually, uh, walking across campus. And I have to say, uh, he looks he looks taller than 6'4". I mean, he has long, long, long limbs uh, in the scrimmage. He, 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 he really impressed me. I'm really high on him. I, I think that he can uh, that he can definitely be the guy uh, that has a great impact, especially down there in the red zone. Uh, last year at, at UAB, he had 262 yards and one touchdown. Uh, again, I would look for him definitely to pro- probably probably start. He, he he'll probably start and probably have Dustin Bosk. In the in the slot would be my my guess to go along with Lily Curry and that that's gonna be a, a, a physical uh top two receivers there. A very physical group of receivers. Um also be on the lookout for Mikhail Hall, a registered freshman from John uh from John Marshall. Now he he's a guy that I saw in that scrimmage and uh I see why Coach Bobek has been high on him from the moment he signed. I interviewed Coach last season for signing day. He he mentioned there was there was a few prospects that he that he mentioned by name, and Mikhail Hall is one of those guys that he said uh, that this kid is going to be special for us. And uh, watching that scrimmage, I, I see why he said that because Mikhail Hall, um, you know, six three, hundred eighty some odd pounds. Uh, he's got he's got pretty good pretty good range. He's got pretty good hands. Uh, I heard that his biggest thing will be consistency, as he's, as he's one of these guys that you know one day might go out there and have you know eight catches for 220 yards and three touchdowns, and the next day might come out there and have three catches for 25 yards. So you know that's his biggest thing. But this this the skills are there. The skills are there. Uh, he was kind of overshadowed at uh, John Marshall by Justin Broyles, and 
and uh, the uh, lineman that's with OU now, his name was Kiffin, uh at this moment, but uh, very, very solid receiver in his in his own right. And then also be on the lookout for uh, true freshman. Uh, yeah, true freshman uh, Diego Richards from uh, Carl Alberts, uh, who uh, at, at, at signing day, coach called him one of the, the most explosive player in the state. Uh, that, that, that's a pretty big claim. But um, looking at Diego in the scrimmage from what I saw from him in the reps, um, he, he, I mean, he kind of has a chance to step into that looper role. I think at this point, that role probably is going to go to Dustin Bosk. But, um, you know, I mean, Diego, Diego, Diego's quick. You know, he's 5'8", maybe buck 60, but, you know, he, he, he is he is quick. He's shifty. I, I can see the looper comparisons on some level. Again, I need to see if he, if he can get 100 yards ha- halfway through the first quarter in games to really tell you if he is the second coming of Mr. Looper. Um, but, uh, yeah, Coco on him, uh, as is Richard Freshman Everett Jefferson, uh, six for three. And that, that, that's the thing about, about our team. We actually, if you, if you were to look at our team, you, you, you'd be kind of hard pressed just to look at them, not knowing anything about UCO, what level they are. And if you look at them, we, we resemble at least, a, like, at least the FCS school as far as our size goes. Like, we, we have size uh, that has been a, fo- a focal point of his recruiting, has been size size uh and length and speed because our conference the mi the mi uh AA, uh it is it is one of the hardest conferences in all of d2 we, we like to compare it to the sec or, or division two so you know um gotta have the size you gotta have the speed i mean you know uh you know, basketball-wise, I'm gonna get into this once 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 basketball season gets closer. Uh, that conference is a legit D1 conference because every team has like four to five D1 transfers, and uh, that's a fun basketball. But I mean, football. Uh, I mean, you know, just from a football standpoint, uh, we there's some there's some size in there. I mean, you know, it's it's no. It's no easy conference, you know. I mean, we finished eight and four last year and still finished third in the conference. Oh, fourth. Finished fourth in the conference. So, uh, again, I mean, we, we look at that and say, you know, uh, there were only, what, only five teams that had a losing record, and two and two of them were four and seven. So that's something that that, that they weren't they weren't that that far off. So it is a it's a tough conference where you need size, definitely need size, and we have that at the receiver position. Uh, the biggest thing is going to be again who steps up to assist Curry. If Curry can continue to grow in his leadership role, uh, and then. You know, another unsung hero in our offense is our is our H back in our hybrid fullback uh, tie in, and he he also graduated. Uh, Caleb Caleb Moss. Uh, he was a, he he was a rare four year letterman, and uh, he was a, he was a heck of a, heck of a blocker. Um, but we actually actually has three H backs that uh, coach is going to play. Uh, we have we follow native Daxton Williams who'll probably be starting and uh Daxton uh six three two sixty-five uh big boy can move uh and that scrimmage he he had a play they threw it to him and I kid you not that man dragged that almost entire defense on his back for at least like a, a, a release a good eight to ten yards. I was like, man, and again, and and this guy was actually on the bench last year because he couldn't get on the field. I mean, there is legitimate talent. I can't stress this enough to you all. There is legitimate quality talent in Edmond right now. I mean, I'm telling you, you need to come check out UCO. Um, but I mean, he can he can run, he can catch, he can block. I mean, uh, he'll he'll be starting, and then we have Marshall Tolson, um, who Bobek said is, and I quote, is the best inline blocker in the conference. Uh, that that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty big. Uh, 
That's a pretty big statement there. <clears throat> so uh, I, I haven't really seen him play. They're confident in him, so I expect to see him play too. And then also look for redshirt freshman Dante McGee from UConn. Uh, he was he actually was signed as a running as a running back. Um, but he he's a guy also 6'4", 240. He also looked looked good in that scrimmage. So I think I think the H back, even though we lost Caleb Moss, uh, Mike actually has a chance to probably be better. Um, so I'm looking for that also as a as a strength. Uh, now up front is what concerns me. Um, coach has stated. And he likes what he what he has, uh, you know. The scrimmage, the scrimmage though was not promising. I mean, if if you listen to my fourth and long podcast, you know how critical I was on the Cowboy offensive line. Uh, I, I'm kind of the same right now on UCO's offensive line. It, it was not looking good. I mean, uh, UCO did not play one of you know uh, our best defensive linemen and uh, you know a uh, all conference guy and. He's still in that pass rush. Now, I know our defense is improving. I will talk about them in a moment. But, uh, man, was it bad. I mean, Keats and, uh, Keats and uh, Will were just running for the lives back there. I mean, it, 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 it was it was bad. I mean, the sad part is we have three starters back. So, uh, we just got to replace, you know, two, uh, two uh, starters there. Um... You know, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, that that the, the guard spot, the guard spot left by uh, Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams, a very solid, solid guard, very low key guy. Um, that 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 job uh, is supposed to be going to Ben Ralston. Uh, from what I've been told, he, you know, uh, he he, you know, I'm, I'm gonna just let I'm gonna let Bo back talk to you about that. So, so there you go. So I, I fully expect uh, Ben Rawson to uh, uh, start. Um, but, you know, we do have three returning starters. Uh, you center Nick George, a UCF transfer. Uh, not the biggest guy, but, uh, you know, he's, he, he's tough. He kind of kind of reminds me of a poor man's version of uh, John Cooper, the uh, undersized OU center from, like, 08. Uh very very solid blocker uh, you know i mean he he he, he gets a, he gets the job done uh we have tyler stillwell from yukon uh and noah hammonds from from what from uh westmore and bobek bobek is really high on noah hammonds uh he called he, he he calls him the most versatile and smartest lineman he has coached uh mind you bobek was the offensive line coach at texas a&m so he's been around some 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 good talent uh, they also said that he, he can play every position. Um, and I know when I talked to him in the season before for my season preview story, he did say that, you know, if need be, they will move him to guard. Uh, so I, I know that their plan is to keep him at tackle. Uh, as of as right now, but they're not afraid to move, move him to guard. So I'm interested to see uh, how that how that how that line does. Uh, when I asked him about it after the after scrimmage, he still was high on on his on his line. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do in opener against uh, Pitt, Pitt State. But uh, offensively, you know, again, uh, I, I, it shouldn't be. I mean, early, early in the season, naturally, you're gonna expect kind of a little drop off here. 
but um, you know, I, I definitely don't see that as a as a, as a problem uh, as a, as the season goes on. So I, I still expect UCO to uh, to score plenty of plenty of points. But uh, what don't expect to score plenty of points is opposing teams. Uh, we have. Uh, Bobek, we always said we, we have actually one of our better defenses that he's had during his time here. Uh, we, we're, we are led by a deep eight man. Uh, again, eight man linebacking core that returns all three starters. Uh, Colton Lindsey, uh, a former Christian Heritage Academy quarterback, turned turn linebacker, led led tackles last year uh, with uh, with 100. Uh, Chris Chris Pogai from Cumming City uh, also had a had a had a had a very very good season, and then uh, and then uh, Alex Figueroa. Alex Figueroa, Alex, Alex, Alex uh, Figueroa. Uh, th- this man is UCO's next NFL, like legitimate NFL prospect. Because like we we think he has a legitimate shot to be on the NFL roster, just like Crockett is uh, this time next year. Uh, he's six four, two hundred and forty pounds. Uh, I mean, I-, I saw him in person, like actually, <coughs> actually close up. Uh, in that scrimmage, and uh, man, is he built! Like th- these, what these dudes talking about, like living in a weight room. Uh, when we were talking, talking to him, he honestly wants to put a cot in the new weight room <laughs> because, he, like, he lives in the weight room, and you, you can, you can, you can tell. Uh, he he has a he has an interesting story. So, um. He was a guy that came out of high school as a 6'4", 210-pound uh, defensive end. Uh, went to Juco, came out uh, 6'4", 240, and a linebacker. Uh, was a three-star out of Juco. Signed with Miami. Uh, ran into some issues at Miami. Not fully sure what those issues are. I've heard different things. Um... And pretty much ended up at UCO last year and uh, quickly made his presence felt. And you can tell that this is a special guy. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what he did in Miami, but just talking to him and talking to others around the, around the program, I, I mean, you know, whatever he did, um, maybe it changed him because he, he seemed like a good guy. I mean, you, know, you talk to him, he's... He's, uh, you know, he's nice. He's uh, respectful. You know, uh, he shook my hand twice, actually. You know, even, I mean, without knowing who I really am. Um, you know, I, 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 so, you know, he's a guy that definitely with with uh, with another strong season, uh, definitely should should get that NFL shot. Um, and then we have Langston Hughes. Um, undersized walk-on from Wichita, Kansas, the game of scholarship. Uh, he's supposed to play. Um, they're also high on Brock Barris, a coach's son, registered freshman from Shiloh Christian in uh, Arkansas. He's not, he's not the biggest guy, but he is technically sound. He is really, really, really technically sound. Um, and and then we and then there's there's two JUCOs that he brought in, both from NEO. Uh, one Brian Burns, he's a Lawton native, had 31 tackles, two and a half sacks, and five and uh, half tackle for loss. And Dylan Hall from Edmond Santa Santa Fe led in the own tackles last year with 94 and had two uh, two two sacks. So uh, all, all those guys uh, should see see time. So uh, the line linebacking core, he said, is the strength of the whole entire team. Uh, I'm not going to argue with him on that on that because I have to agree with that. Just watching in that scrimmage, that linebacking core uh, definitely definitely was solid. Uh, what did impress me though was the defensive line. Uh, we are dead. It's led by all conference nose tackle and Blanchard native Carson Carson Smith. Uh, Carson Carson Smith is a guy that coach coach calls one of the, one of the best nose guards in all of D two football. Uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing him one time. 
Uh, very quiet, quiet guy. Definitely one of these uh, lead by uh, lead, lead by example guys. But he gets the job done. You know, you know, most of those guards aren't gonna have the you know the the, the stats. But uh, I mean, his presence is definitely felt. I mean, he he definitely pushes the pocket. Uh, he definitely is huge in run support. So um, you know, he's back for his senior season. He's a he's he's a rare four year letterman too. Uh, he's six 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 two three fifteen. So um, you know, he he's all he's a pretty pretty big guy. You know. Uh, D1 size size guy and very special talent for us. Um, you know, uh, we do lose Jonathan Preston, uh, who played alongside him. Preston was uh, was big too. Believe he was six four three twenty. Uh, his size is gone, but uh, you know, uh, coach uh, you know coaches brought in brought in some solid tackles. Uh, one uh, brought in true freshman Greg Brown from John Marshall. Uh, he enrolled early and drove, uh, received rains in the spring. Uh, it's 5'11", 280 pounds. So I don't know if he'll, uh, he'll actually like see the see the field uh, uh, at all this year, but I have to figure he has a shot. They also brought in several transfers. Uh, they brought in Tulsa transfer, uh, Mike, Mike Rios and uh, Mike Rios from what I could find on him uh, he received no stars by anything uh, by anybody uh, he is from Fort Worth Texas and he chose Tulsa over offers from Lamar Sam Houston State Texas State and UTEP um, he is a guy that I saw in the scrimmage that looked uh, looked pretty good. Uh, I, I honestly think that he'll probably be starting alongside Carson Smith. Uh, he he isn't he isn't the biggest dude in playing playing tackle, but he is uh, quick. He, he he's quick. He has a good uh, first 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 step, and uh, I definitely can see why he he'd be starting. Um, they they um they also brought in. Uh, brought in two other JUCOs, um, Stefan Starks. For, uh, no, yeah, Stefan Starks from Independence Community College off of Last Chance U. Uh, unfortunately, he was not seen on the show, I, I do not believe, but um, he had 22 tackles, 4.5 sacks, two forced fumbles in two uh, in two years there. He uh, he he you know he came into Independence weighing 230 and left weighing 285. So uh, that that definitely added some some size and some strength. Uh, he will also push for push for playing time as uh, as will another JUCO transfer from Garden City Community College. Uh, won, won a national championship with former uh, Dell uh, Del City quarterback Terry, Terry Wilson, who's now at uh, Kentucky. Um, I'm not going to try to try to, try to pronounce his name. Uh, he, if I, he he has a Hawaiian name. I'm going to call him by his nickname, which is KK. Uh, he's 300 pounds. Uh, he he also factored into the into the rotation. So uh, we are deep deep at tackle. Also, are deep at uh, end. Uh, the ends are led by uh, senior Justin Stewart, who was also another JUCO. Last year was a day one starter. Uh, seven and a half titles for loss and five sacks. Um, he is flanked by Eli Hooks, uh, senior from uh, Deer Creek. Uh, Eli, Eli is an interesting story. Uh, Eli, not the biggest guy, but uh, I mean, he gives it he gives it his all each and every play. He battled some injuries last year, but Eli was a guy that I just learned uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, actually was close to flunking out, uh, and then uh, you know turned it around. Now he's a four point student. Um, you know uh, he's he's a I wouldn't say he's a friend of mine, but he definitely is a is a uh, acquaintance of mine. Um, you know he's a he's a he's a good kid. Um, but again, a, a very, very solid player. Um, you know, he's 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 one of these guys who knows that he's small for the for the position. But you know, he, he doesn't let it let it stop him. You know, he he definitely gives it his all. And um, 
We can't forget about 6'6", Trey Warmington um, from Norman North, uh, I believe. Uh, Trey Warmington is a guy who's been in the uh, rotation uh, for the past couple of years. Very, very solid, very solid guy. Um, and then there's also Noah Noah Ingram, who played some last year, and Noble Librand, a senior, who who they moved from a tackle. So uh, again, the, the defensive line has has really good depth. Uh, secondary is kind of the question mark of the defense, and I say this because um, you know uh, our 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 leading corner last year, Stephon Robinson from Westmore, and we have Kansas. Who led a team in interceptions with uh, with five, including a ninety-eight yard pick six, uh, was kicked off the team literally a day before school started. Uh, according to coach, he made a bonehead decision. Uh, he won't go into deep. He won't go into any 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 further uh, details about that. But uh, yes, yeah, so Stephon Robinson, our best corner, is gone. So. Um, you know that that's definitely going to open up some some spots. Uh, the um, for for uh, people back there, um, uh, o- O'Shea Harris from from Long Grove, um, just a solid guy, very very solid guy. Um, Malik Walker is a senior who who also has plenty of experience back there too. Uh, Barry Higdon is a junior that also has experience. So there's some guys back there, but there are there are there are two guys. Actually, three that I really want to talk about here briefly. Um, one of them is Kobe Underwood. He is a registered freshman from from Texas, and Kobe Underwood uh, will probably be starting. Um, Kobe Underwood. Uh, he he he's a guy that coach was really high on in the spring. Uh, brought him up numerous times. I got to see him play. Um, Kobe Underwood. Um, I mean, he's five nine. So he ain't the biggest person in the uh, in the in the world. Uh, I mean, you know, he 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 struggles in press. Uh, I, I know we have big receivers, but he he really struggles in press. Uh, he struggles in open field tackling. Uh, again, for a guy his size, not really surprising. But. Um, when when it, when it's you know when it's his regular coverage, it's not book the run or anything such as that. Uh he can he can he can lock you down. Uh, you know you can lock you down. Uh, he has a pretty good a pretty good vertical. Um, so you know I, I I can I can I can I can see why coaches coaches high and high on him. Um, they also have Benjamin Ballman, another registered freshman. That Ballman is six three. Uh, Bauman is tall and lanky. Um, he he has, I mean, he has he has decent skills. Uh, I, I I saw him in, in the scrimmage. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't terrible. Uh, I, I can I can definitely see the uh, potential there uh, for uh, for him. I know Coach said that he can he can play quarter and safety. So and you know, that, that, that that's always good. Um, and then also, uh, true freshman Javion Robinson from Northeast Academy was an All-State guy. Um, uh, he, now he he's he's a guy I I, I think can honestly push for that for that starting starting job. But in that scrimmage, he got quite a bit first team reps. Uh, he's five ten. Um, I know he was mainly a running back at North at Northeast. I think he scored six touchdowns. Uh, last year for him, but uh, he actually looked really good. Um, I, 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 I definitely expect him at worst to see playing time. Um, and then we also have uh, some uh, transfers back there too. Uh, one is Dion Hallman. Uh, now, Dion Hallman is a Ball State transfer. Uh, now, Dion Hallman, I'm going to read you what he was coming out of high school, and you're, and you're going, you're good. It's going to kind of shock you because it definitely shocked me. Um, he was a three-star out of high school, according to rivals. It was the 46th best corner, the 76th best uh, best player in the state of Florida. He had 52 offers. 52 offers. 
Um, um, and uh, quite a few from uh, Power Fives, including Auburn, Arkansas, Clemson, Florida State, Wisconsin, among, among others. Uh, he was a records commit, but uh, decommitted and actually signed with Northern Illinois. Uh, yeah, I that, that yeah, I was surprised about that. Uh, registered there, then transferred to Iowa Western. Uh, posted 12, 12 tackles and eight pass pass breaks up for them, uh, and then went to Ball State, where he was there for, for two years. Could find no stats on him at all. So I don't think he really ever like sucked feel feel for Ball State. If he did, he uh, didn't didn't make any plays. But again, I mean, uh, clearly. Uh, Holman has some talent here. I know, I know Coach also briefly mentioned him too. Um, and then there's also uh, Isaiah Gray from uh, Highlands Community College of Juco. Uh, he had 27 tackles, 2.5 for loss, and five five deflections. And then uh, Jakari Hunt, who was on campus last year, registered it, had 34 tackles uh, uh, and two picks at his final season at Fort Hayes Community College in Kansas. Um, Safety-wise, we get Addison Staggs back for a sixth year. Uh, Addison Staggs is a a Westmore alum. Uh, It was actually actually a walk-on when I uh, talked to him. Uh, he actually had other D2 offers like Wasburn, but he really wanted to stay close to home. So, uh, you know, he walked on at, at, at UCO. He got us. He got a, uh, got a scholarship. Um, you know, he, he had a, he had a leg injury last year. I think he tours, he tours the ACL. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's not the biggest, not the fastest, but I mean, he throws his body around there. He's not afraid to get in there on run support. Um, so, uh, he, he, he would probably have to lead the unit. Um, again, in the, in the, in the scrimmage, you know, the, uh, unit didn't look too bad. I'm not really concerned about the unit as a whole. I just think, you know, it might take a, a minute for the corners to get, you know, for new corners to get acclimated, depending on who starts back there. But Bobek uh, did say that this was the most improved unit on the uh, on the team. So, um, uh, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this wrap this up for uh, this time. Uh, next time I will. I will attempt to have this out, another one of these out before next Thursday uh, when the season opener. And I will probably preview, I definitely will preview uh, the Pitch State game. Uh, this 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 one ran kind of long. I don't want to keep you talking, you know, have you guys listening for another, you know, while. So um, next time on the on the Cho Show podcast, uh, I'm going to preview the uh, Pitch State game. Um, I'm, I might go a little a little bit more uh, in depth on some on some of the guys on defense. Um, kind of kind of blew through that, trying to get it in a decent time frame for you. So I might go into some more detail uh, about the defense, especially uh, the linebackers that I kind of skimmed 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 through, and um, you know, and and probably a little, a little bit more about the uh, quarterbacks. So um, again, I really appreciate you all for taking for t- taking the time out of your day to listen to the inaugural Choso podcast here on this on the swallowreport.com. I am JG Smooth, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Have a beautiful day.